Yeah, so Jim, who is who is our ex-police officer, he just explained, he just posed a, a conversation topic, is why people don't like compliance officers. And as we have uh, other fantastic compliance officers on the line, uh, including Stephanie and Alex, I'm curious to hear what you guys think about this. I think I think it's fair to say a lot of people find compliance officers intimidating, scary sometimes, depends what their interactions with them are. I mean, if your if your first uh, encounter with a compliance officer is, for example, during an investigation or something, then chances are your reaction to them is not going to be a positive one. So I, I guess it depends really on you know your your experiences as an individual, and I'm guessing that's why a lot of people you know their, their initial reaction is no, I don't like them because they're here to check up on me or they're here to to catch me doing something I shouldn't be doing or there's a there's a sort of instant reflex gut reaction yeah and I think if again when we talk about compliance officers I mean frankly I don't like a lot of compliance officers if I think of <laughs> you know uh, parking attendants again the, the, it's it's that mentality of we must obey the rules don't try and invest any time in understanding where the rules have come from or the principles behind them or how they should be enforced proper appropriately. But there is a certain type of compliance officer that no one will like because they have too much uh, faith in a rule without trying to understand wh where it's from. There's no flexibility, there's no understanding, there's no humanity or empathy. And I think again, if a compliance officer does show those qualities, you're gonna like them and you're not gonna put them in that mental bucket of you're the typical compliance officer. So I've, I've, I've been told many times, oh, you're not like most compliance officers. I, you know, you're, you're a laugh or you're, you're funny and you understand and you're pragmatic sometimes. Um, <laughs> but the, the, the point being, well, that's because I'm human, but that's also what I, I, I find the majority of my colleagues are. And what they're really saying is they don't like this idealized version of a compliance officer that they have in their mind who is or not idealized. Well, not, yeah, sorry, you're the right, not idealised. idealised, whatever that word is. <laughs> yeah, what is the, anyway, we'll, we'll not, not focus too much on that. But yes, um, the opposite of idealised, that, that an, antithesis of, uh, of what they like. So, so I think that's why some people don't like compliance officers. And indeed, I don't like some. You guys are fine. In this context, <laughs> Jim, if you, would, if you would compare your police experience and being a compliance officer or manager for, for the last few years, in, in which job you think you have been hated more? As a, so so as, as, as a police officer, you tend to find that people who don't like the police actually have, have a specific reason for not liking them. That's, I'm, I'm going to put that out there. So either they've had a negative interaction or they don't actually like the concept of the police generally. And, and I suppose those, those things would also translate into the compliance world too. So if you have a negative experience or interaction with a compliance officer, let's just take your, your example there, Stephanie, investigations. The experience of being part of or subject to an investigation is going to directly reflect how that process or how that experience is managed by the compliance officer so if they approach it in a very aggressive or a very authoritarian sort of manner then the outcome is not going to be positive and, and i would actually put that down to the program itself as well you could take the upper level if the program isn't designed to make sure that people understand that an investigation is there to safeguard 
the patient, to safeguard the business, to safeguard the team that we're all part of, if that's not well well defined and, and clearly understood by by everybody in the entire company, not just the compliance department, then you're starting on the back foot. So I, I know that doesn't really answer the question specifically that you're saying, um, where have I been more hated? Um, I say I've probably been hated in different ways in different places, but not all of it's my own fault. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good, a good question about the, the different roles, though, in the sense of, you know, police officer, you know, can have you know, people have an automatic dislike sometimes of, of that role. The compliance officer the same my background I used to be an auditor it was exactly the same problem there as well and I think I think some of it stems from you are somebody for whom part of their role is checking whether other people are doing what they should do and that and nobody likes to be checked on I mean you know none of us would like to be checked on um so there's that automatic oh hold on you know you're, you're watching me sort of feeling and I think it is therefore so important for us, back to your kind of um, point, Alex, to, to show humanity and empathy. Because if we put ourselves in the shoes of the people that, that we are helping, because that's our purpose, um, and, and actually sort of represent ourselves with some level of humanity and understanding, then we should be able to bypass that, that idea that we, we are people to be disliked. And I think sometimes we, we, we come with this kind of Mars attacks approach, you know, where the aliens are coming around going, we come in peace as they shoot people. And so, again, people know this mantra of we're not the police, and yet they still behave as if they were the police. So it's all well and good kind of having that statement to try and build rapport and build engagement with, with the people we work with. But then you have to be see authentic. Through. Yeah, it's got to be authentic. It can't just be something you say and then you still crucify people for very minor infractions which doesn't try and understand that issues may be as part of the process rather than the person you know again and again it's something that's common in quality extracting out the difference between the process and the person but sometimes within corporate compliance that gets lost and it becomes because of this investigation or legal mentality it becomes more about you know you've done something wrong pinning the blame on somebody pinning the blame yeah I can give you an example. We were a while back in a in a meeting with a particular country, and that country was was um, at the forefront of a compliance program redesign. Let's put it in that those sort of terms. And when the risks were outlined in a document that was shared with the general manager, that was ultimately cascaded across the organisation, the feedback was that everyone felt like they were doing something wrong. They didn't understand that it was. A risk assessment they, they they felt as though compliance were coming in and say you're not doing anything right and it actually comes down to the way in which you communicate messages across the organization as to how well it's going to be received especially if it's coming from compliance so the way that the the communication was ultimately shaped was actually this is a real opportunity for you as a as a as a, as a country as a market to set best practice example and you know see compliance almost as the brakes in a car they're not there to slow you down they're actually there to give you confidence to go quickly and 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 it's it's about the way in which you shape the message that comes with compliance i think that then influences how it's perceived if you're there seen as the block the person that says no the final gatekeeper the the mars attacks as you've just described people are always going to feel like you're coming in and telling them what they're doing wrong and you're not actually but Jim, this I think I agree. But that is part of the job, right? Your your job is to enforce the rules as a compliance manager, 
you define the rules, you define the policies, you do communicate them in the nicest way possible, but then your your the purpose of the of the of the rules being sand is so people follow them. That's true, but I don't think it's don't think it's not the it. job of compliance to enforce the rules. It's the job of the company. Compliance is there to help the company understand whether or not the rules are being followed. And I think this is often something that gets um, misunderstood or there's a disconnect is even when you're doing an investigation and maybe you do find wrongdoing and maybe there is a culprit and often there isn't often it's a it's a system or a process failure or whatever it happens to be but then let's say there, there is somebody who who needs to be held responsible for for certain actions it's not compliance that is enforcing that it's the business it's the structures within the business that needs to hold people accountable Compliance is there as a sort of information finding advisory service. Um, it's more of a shoot the messenger approach, I think. Is you know, it's it's not. We don't make the decisions about whether people are, are fired or um, or whatever happens to them. We make recommendations, we make suggestions, but we're not actually there to enforce. Yeah, but but Stephanie, I I I agree with that. But going back to this personal element of how how we build the relationship with people, right? Because at the end of the day, it's it's the people relationship that that matter. It's a mm-hmm. bit like going being called into HR, right? You you can be called into HR for a good reason, but normally being called into HR Not usually. means <laughs> means some yes, and and that's where HR function sometimes have also their bias and perception. So that's where being called into compliance meeting, while you can always say it's a company decision, it's a management decision, you can find other words how to sugarcoat it. At the end of the day, it's a compliance conversation where you have to tell the colleague that they did something wrong. Oh, I, d- so- I don't disagree with that, but there is a, there's a level of I mean, frankly, I think any any meeting you get called to with compliance that that you're not expecting um, naturally causes some level of uh, of potential concern. Um, I think that's just, again, a very natural human reaction, to be honest. You get called to a meeting by your manager you're not expecting. You, you get a little bit nervous as to what's going on. So I, I, I don't disagree with that. I think mm. it's more um, and I and I do think we as compliance people need to be very aware of that um impact that we are having on people when we when we do ask them to to help us or or be in a meeting or we need to talk to people there is that that innate gut reaction that says what have i done wrong (laughs) even if you don't think you've done anything wrong Um, so i agree with that i I was just challenging the idea that it's our job to actually do the enforcement which i which i don't believe it is well i I would say i mean there's an interesting parallel there because i mean who loves hr i mean again there can be a, a few kind of Say, and I wonder if the similarity is the power structure, because, again, mm-hmm. actually, with, within compliance, we have power. You know, it's, we're not always a high status or well thought of function, but we, we have a certain level of power, as do HR, you know, as, as do other functions that, as do that audit like you said, as, well, yeah. as do audit. And, and again, there's a fear that comes with that innately in, in you know, even if we've got the same broad objectives in terms of helping patients in healthcare or you know helping ex, you know shareholders stakeholders whoever on a human level if someone's asking me for a, an urgent meeting about something then i am going to worry more immediately about my family my ability to earn my ability to uh, to have a job even afterwards um and so 
you know, that, that, that is always latent within any of those interactions, which is not sp- spoken about. It's not always on the table, but it's there. I think mm-hmm. also when it comes to what, what's the purpose of compliance, our techne or our skill is not really in the enforcing. Otherwise, we will just become uh, parking attendants. I think it's more in the crafting because, again, it, you've got to craft some half-decent rules to begin with that, that take into account that balance, that understand the risks, understand the principles behind them. Um, so, I mean, even before you get into any level of enforcement, which may be through HR or GMs or whoever, you know, again, we have to craft smart rules. And, and mm. uh, unfortunately, too many of them are dumb. And a bit like being asked to follow any dumb rule that you don't see. I mean, I saw in New Zealand today about some Maori guy who was being told he had to wear a tie. And it's like, well, why? That's, again, there are dumb rules that exist, whether it's dress code or, or who knows what. Being asked to follow dumb rules annoys everyone, to, yeah. to moderate my language. Including really compliance people. people. Inc- <laughs> including compliance people, absolutely. I think I think so, some of the some of the the focus of the question, especially when you reference police, it, it, you know, and and we have done this. We've automatically gone to investigations to fault finding, and those being the pinch points and where this perception came from. I think we've we've taken it back a, a little now, and, and and we're looking at at the planning, and, and and that for me is actually the the critical thing. Is yes, the investigations and those sort of negative interactions or the potential for negative interactions are going to aggravate this 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 notion that people don't like compliance, but but it's much bigger than that. It's 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 about compliance and and how the whole program is structured. Is compliance trying to do something to the organisation, or is it actually working truly with the organisation and letting the organisation own all of those programmes? Because or even you know, for the organisation. All for yeah, absolutely. You know, and and yeah, one of the things that we do obviously processes feature quite highly in a lot of the advice that we might give, especially around controls. But actually, when they're done properly, they're going to bring about efficiencies for the business. The business are actually going to gain value from being able to streamline and standardize processes. They'll be able to get better visibility into what's going on. And when people understand, not understand that, that that then tells me or that suggests that I'm saying they don't understand it's their fault. That's not what I'm saying. Um, But when we engage with the, the whole of the company properly about the program and we, we actually get things right, and we're visible and we're in contact with people regularly, not just when there's something that's gone wrong, when we're, when we're highlighting good things and best practices, when we're doing all the things that we do anyway, but we're, we're just you know, making sure that everyone sees them, then actually the, the starting point is, oh, I like compliance, they help. Yeah. And then when you have a negative experience, that stands out and then it becomes personal. And then rightly so, because if someone is a douchebag and they treat people unfairly or, or they hold a torch in their face and say, tell me what you did. <laughs> rightly so. That person is called out as a as a Wally. <laughs> so any, in, in your experience, any particular suggestions how to make that uh, rapport more positive? Uh, does does breaking, bringing cakes and sweets into the training session really help? <laughs> well, I, I, I think before we get there, right? what you were saying jim you could be the best most uh, empathetic wonderful human being to my earlier point i think it'd just be jim's a great guy but compliance professionals are right idiots but jim you're not like the other compliance professionals because yeah. again there's this racket this kind of preconceived idea you may be battling against yeah so and I mean, that's how, the same with the you... police to take it back yeah, to your really. point yeah. I, I the amount of times yeah. um i got i got told oh you're not like normal police officers 
you look like one, but you're not like one. And, and actually, <laughs> so again, it's the same thing. You're going to have it yeah. everywhere. It's, it, you know, we, we, we've got to work on actually what, what the compliance function is yeah. first. Let's get that right. And then it's much easier to, to, to work at that personal level. And I think, um, Andre, to your, to your question about do cakes and sweets help? At a very superficial level, they, things like that can help. I mean, I think about um, in various environments I've been in where I've had an office space, and I think often it's helpful to have, you know, a bowl of sweets on your desk or something. And it makes people feel a little bit comfortable to come tissues. in. And a box of, t- <laughs> box of tissues is almost almost always necessary, um, unfortunately. <laughs> But, you know, I think the reality is that you have to create an environment where people feel comfortable. Um, and that's from developing a program that, that looks after their interests and the way that they need to operate to, at the human level, looking after how people need to be made to feel comfortable in conversations, in meetings, in coming to talk to you, um, in all of oh. those things. So I think you know, cakes and sweets are, are, are a sort of superficial idea, but I think anything that you can do that just makes the face of compliance, and I don't mean it's human face necessarily, but the face of the, the function and the program just be more, well, human. Yeah, I guess actually that is the word I'm looking for. Something that they can understand and they can connect with that is in their level of understanding rather than this obscure abstract concept about of something that means uh, something negative to them i think you have to you have to really live that as well these can't be one-time things you know so i mean obviously cakes and sweets is is is, you know it's a a slight tongue-in-cheek sort of notion but but the, the point is that you know your compliance team needs to have an identity and that identity needs to be one that people want to engage with, they want to talk to, they want let's, to seek let's advice go, from. Let's go, let's go to practical examples, Jim. What, what do you do uh, to make compliance more human? Okay, so my interactions tend to be at the back end. Obviously, I work in the operations team with focus on investigations, data analytics, and monitoring. So, so my approach is that we look for not just what happened, not just why did it happen, but how can we, how can we, a, make sure it doesn't happen again. But B, can something be improved? Is there an example that we've seen in another country, in another place, so that we can we can help? So that's at the business level. At the human interaction level, it's about how you talk to people and how you treat people and making, making them understand that our role is not judge, jury, execution. Our role is a fact finder. We're trying to actually get the best outcome for, the, for everybody connected with that, with, with, with that, let's just say, investigation. Uh, and I can give you an example where I was interviewing somebody and they, they actually, it was the second time I'd had, had, had calls to speak to that particular person. And they ended up thanking me for the actual, for the interview. Um, they, they accepted what they had done and, and told us why and everything else. But it was because of the way that we treated them as an individual, as somebody, as a colleague. We're not, we're not telling them that they've done something wrong. We're explaining what our understanding is and we're asking them to talk to us about it. And we're, we're talking to them at that human level. Yeah, and, and I, I always think that you know you get two types of investigators. You get investigators who see something on the TV and then they think, right, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna be bad cop, good cop. We're gonna do that. Let's do that. Someone needs to be really unpleasant. Someone needs to be really kind. It just just doesn't work, quite frankly, not in my experience. You you approach things as a conversation between two people. You treat them fairly, with dignity, with respect, and you ask questions and you answer their questions. They have concerns, so you make them feel comfortable. You build a rapport with them. 
So that's at the very, very low level, or not low level, but 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 human level. No, it's, it's about very, very practical. It's very making practical people feel practical. secure. At the business level, like I say, it's more about finding ways to improve. Even if something didn't happen and didn't go wrong, if you see something that can be improved, offer a suggestion. Don't just say, oh, by the way, that's not working very well and people don't like that process. Come with a solution too. But in that market there, this is how they approach it. And you might want to think about adapting something similar. And we can help by doing X, Y, and Z. So being solution focused at the business level certainly helps too. That's one example, I suppose, from investigations, but I'm sure Stephanie and, and Alex, you've got many others. So, Mr. Davison, what's your key yeah. to being not the compliance manager like any other? Well, I, I would say, first, I mean, firstly, don't go in to a new job in compliance thinking, right, I must remember now to be human. So I must tick the box of bringing in cookies and I must do X, Y. It's not a tick list. And actually, if you, if you focus too much <laughs> On this end of, I must be seen as human. Um, you, like Stephanie was saying before, it's not going to come across as particularly um, authentic. But as I try and reflect on what's worked well in the past, firstly, I am the business. So, you know, I'm not an internal audit. I, I tend not to be involved in investigations and the roles I've had so much. So I am the business. I want the company to do well, in my case, for the benefit of uh, patients and others. So I need to understand the strategy. I need to be understanding what my uh, co-workers are trying to achieve. And not just when they come to me with a question, but generally, you know, I need to invest the time in uh, brand planning meetings or, or anything else. And then on a, on a more personal level, I, I just, I, for my own very selfish benefits, I want to work in an environment where I feel psychologically safe. So I want to get to know people. I want to know what their interests are. Well, and it's not with this ambition to be a better compliance officer. It's actually more fundamentally, I just want to have a nicer working environment. So I, I think that's very important. And of course, there's the cliches, but I do try and, when we're allowed, go out for drinks, you know, get involved in the social events. Again, not specifically with the um, outcome in mind, more because I want to play football or I want to um let my hair down because again our jobs can be stressful as well and i want to be able to share stories with them uh finally i think again i i'm a flawed individual and the more i try and project an uh, image of perfection funnily enough that's going to uh, make me seem very robotic again i'm quite willing to be self-deprecating admit my mistakes and show that i'm flawed and i think that may have the um, knock-on effect that other people also feel agency and sharing that they've made mistakes and that if we find something, I'm not saying this is a heavy judgment. This is just something that we need to fix or improve. So I think they're my kind of three three areas. So I think as we are wrapping up this podcast, uh, I think we would welcome any other comments and suggestions from the people who listen to this about why they believe compliance is the most hated profession by comparison to HR and internal audits, or if you have any other helpful tips and suggestions how to make compliance more human, leave a comment and get in touch, and we'll see you next week.